Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. I'm joined today by two rather impressive people. My previous senior warden, Jane Flaherty, the lady what hired me. Hello, Jane. Hello. And also, I'm very well, thank you. And my current senior warden, Anne Malone. And as the Los Yetis fade into the background, we're going to split up the passage today, read it in turns. We're in James chapter 4, beginning at verse 30. As Los Yetis fade abruptly into the background, bye. It's your go, Anne. Okay. Okay, James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are but a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And I'll continue with James 5, verses 1 through 6. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasures in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth to luck in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Well, thank you both for joining me. We're doing things a bit differently today. We tried twice to record this podcast during the week and the microphones decided against us. Kind of ironic because as Ben just preached, we heard, didn't we, in this passage that we make these elaborate plans and they often turn out uh, to be nothing because... We're not in control. I love that. Uh, we actually have the benefit of having heard the sermon for the first time ever on the podcast. <laughs> You're not in control. I, I think that was a theme. Did you did it, you get that from Ben? It's just so appropriate. That's what I kept thinking through the whole thing. This mm. is such an appropriate sermon for this time in a number of reasons, not just the pandemic, but yeah. this election thing. Everything that's going on in the world today, we are just absolutely not in control. And it gets more and more evident every day. That's yeah. really helpful. Well, I think if, if we look back on past experiences, too, um, mm. uh, you know, I recently had a memory this week of something that happened in my life that was um, a really traumatic event. And um, after that, we... You know, our family felt like, what do we do now? You know, and mm. we had to rely on the grace of God to get really for everything in our lives. Mm. And, um, you know, it's it's not just the present circumstance that we're in, but I think as we look back on our lives, we can find instances where the only option we had 
was to rely on the grace of God. Mm. And without that, you you can't can't make plans. You, you know, I mean, you can't know yeah. what to do. Yeah, and it's pointless, even if you think you know what you're doing. Right. No, it's quite helpful, actually, to hear that, uh, you know, what we're having it revealed to us right now, that we're not in control. But as you say, it's not exactly as though this is our first go around. We've probably had many right. occasions where we've realized we're not in control. And I can think of tragedies and we'll come to suffering in the next two weeks, but it's, it's often those dark times where we reach out to the Lord, I, I think more than others. Well, in the women's group, we've had that study. We've, we studied suffering for several weeks. Mm. Mm. And it is, it's amazing. You become so much closer to the Lord in your suffering. That that's what suffering is all about. Yeah. yeah. It brings you closer. Well, I think you, you learn a lot of, of, about um, other people too, hearing the suffering that they've been through mm. and hearing how the Lord has taken them through it. You know, because you may ha not have encountered that kind of suffering yet, mm. but you may, you know, and hearing someone else's suffering, you know, when you encounter that in your life. Yeah you know, that would also be something that would be a reminder of how God helps somebody through the same kind of circumstance. James says, um, what is your life? And that's in, um, you know, verse 14, it says, uh, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. So, you know, tomorrow is a mystery. But what is your life? I mean, the whole thing, you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And, and that's, you know, we, we probably think a bit too highly of ourselves. And I think about this um, uh, monumentalism, the idea, you know, well, I want to make a name for myself, mm -hmm. almost like Babylon and the Tower of Babel. Um, but we see it around and about, people dedicating buildings to themselves and having their names engraved on things. And um, we don't like the idea that we're temporary and we don't like the idea of being forgotten, I think. Um, you know, even just reflecting about presidents this week, mm -hmm. I thought there are many presidents about whom I know almost nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because they were a really big deal. Yeah, I think I think we look for ways to leave some kind of a legacy. Mm. And for some people, you know, that legacy might, you know, be on a very small level, you know, like impacting individual people's lives. Yeah. But for some people, you know, the type of legacy they look to leave is much greater, you mm. know, and I, I think um, the same thing can be said, you know, it may be that, you know, that God will use you in a way that you never expected, mm. and that can be your legacy, or you can work to establish your own legacy, you know, and people may or may not remember anything about you. You well, that's know. really interesting. Because uh, you Jane. think about people who, it's not so much about establishing the legacy, but if it's for selfish purposes. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're doing it, if you're a great person or you're known in history, president, whatever it might be, and you're known for something that is that has been helpful to mankind, mm. as opposed to something to build up your own personal self. Yeah. So right. I think if yeah. it's not in, in with selfish reasons, um, legacies are bad. If you... <laughs> right, and he definitely comes to this at the very end of the whole letter. Uh, he, he talks about people wandering from the faith and those who bring them back. 
Um, and we'll have to cover what looks like a very difficult verse in verse 20 at the end of chapter 5 in a couple of weeks. But clearly there's this idea that you can use all of this, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit that you have to minister to people here and now and even to, to make an eternal difference. But here we've got this um, temporiness. Our life is temporary, like a mist, that's all. We make a name for ourselves, but even the name vanishes, um, really, if it's just worldly. And then in chapter 5 he comes along and starts talking about um, our stuff. Now he says in verse 2, your garments are moth-eaten. And, you know, James obviously lived in clergy accommodation. That's the only explanation for this. Um, <laughs> but, he, uh, you know, that's fine. Clothes rot. We know this, right? Yeah. Um, clothes, they don't really last. And <laughs> Prince Charles was lecturing us all this week about wearing old clothes. That's okay if your old clothes cost, you know, $50,000. But um, for most people, clothes don't last. Right, tell us something we don't know. But then he says in verse 3, your gold and silver have corroded. And that's just wild. Because they don't. Right? I mean, you, you dig up coins that are as old as this letter. And they're still there. It's an extraordinary thought to yeah. tell us that um, even our most precious and incorruptible thing actually is temporary. Right. Isn't that remarkable? Ben brought up something good in this sermon, too, that mm. I think um, is hard sometimes. It's not the wealth that's... It's not a sin to be wealthy. Correct. So if you have a lot of things, like beautiful clothes and a mm. lot of money, that's not a sin in and of itself. No. But it's how you use those things Yes. in the world. And so I, I think that's sometimes mm. people feel like they shouldn't have... Things, right, but that's not necessarily the case. It's how you use what you have. I think that's right. I think that was a really good kingdom. point. Well, yeah, and acknowledging where that comes from. Right, you know, is do you see it as a gift from God, mm -hmm. or do you see it as something you have achieved yourself? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, um, Ben was trying to say, you know, it, if we're if we're focusing on that mm. as something we do for ourselves you know, and we're selfish about it, you know, then maybe our motives are wrong, you know, but if we acknowledge, you know, that what we have comes from God, yeah, you know, and we use it to benefit his kingdom, you know, um, then wealth is not a bad, it's not a bad thing. A bad thing. It's a, it's a blessing, but it, mm. it's in how you acknowledge where it comes from and then how you use it. And also how you obtained it. It was right. the other point is uh, if, yes. you, if you have abused or you know done bad things to other people to get where you are to step on the backs I mm. think is exactly how he put it to step on the backs of others to get to your position of high esteem yeah. right that's right. that's sinful as well now he then goes even further James Ben Wolpe also does because he's reading James but he <laughs> he says uh, that these things they're not just, uh, in an abstract sense, good or bad, but they're actually, they have a, there's a real danger to misused wealth. So he says um, that the corrosion, this is verse 3, the corrosion of these seemingly incorruptible things will become evidence against you. There's a, there's a, there's a trial here. Um, and will eat your flesh like fire. 
So it's almost like being clothed in this thing that brought us glory. Suddenly we're being clothed in this thing that's actually killing us. Turn against us. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, if I wear wool next to skin, it itches like mad. Mm. And there's almost this sense of, of just some um, thing that's destroying the flesh. This, this irritant, this thing that was once glittering is actually now hurting us. Um, it will eat your flesh like fire. I mean, that's that. Uh, my son has that going on in his sneakers right now, actually. <laughs> but it's, it's not a nice image, is it? <laughs> this thing. Um, you've laid it up, but it's, where have you laid up your treasure? And then, and then the, the, the wages of the labourers who you've cheated, as Ben said, with fraud, they're crying out against you. So there's this body of evidence building up against you. And clearly James is talking about judgments. Um, he will talk about the last days in the next chapter. Well, later in this chapter. So clearly this is saying it's not just abstractly bad. James is not interested in the abstract. He never has been. It's all about working faith, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and what really is going to happen to you and then oh you know think about how much you sacrifice to get good stuff that you know we sacrifice so much to become wealthy but james takes the sacrifice sacrificial image and he seems to flip it in verse five uh, you've fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter almost like if you spend your whole time chasing after and even misusing the wealth as you say then you're just like preparing yourself to be sacrificed. Mm. Which is really dumb because Christ has been sacrificed for us. <laughs> it's pretty strong, isn't it? I, I thought this was a good message today. Very timely. Um, couldn't help thinking about our children. You know, it, mm. it maybe ties this together a little bit. This idea of monumentalism um, and making a name for ourselves. One way we like to do that is by making our children be really impressive. Mm. And um, you hear people say that they idolise their children. But when you start to look at it from this perspective, actually the idol is yourself and the child is the sacrifice. Right. To make you look good. Yeah. Mm. Um, The pressure that we put on our kids to outperform us is enormous. And um, why do we do it? Why do we? Why must our kids be so superhuman? Right, because it reflects on us. <laughs> Just yeah. puts more and more pressure yeah. on them in a world where they already have a lot of pressure, challenges, and pressure. Yeah, yeah. And it's ironic because I think we're being invited here just to chill out. <laughs> you know, it, your life is quite short, and what's going to last is your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Um, normally what happens, ladies, is that uh, Ben Wolpe makes some really elaborate point at the end. And we call it the Wolpean crescendo. Um, so I don't know if there's a, a wardenly a wardenly crescendo. crescendo. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm just so grateful to have two wardens who are just in the word, who are able to come and do this at a minute's notice. And... Um, you know, it's not surprising to me that I've had such a good time here with you two uh, being so godly. So I do appreciate this. It's been fun. I enjoyed it. Me too. Well, thank you very much. Uh, all that is left for us to do is to invite our house band to travel from Columbia in 1960 and rejoin us as the uh, 
podcast comes to an end. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We're most grateful that you're able to join us. We'll be back again next week, hopefully recording in our studio on Tuesdays as opposed to just hastily doing it between the services. I'm trying to finish, guys. Will you just give me a break? Thank you for joining us. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Oh, we timed it perfectly for the first time ever. <laughs> it's not normally this smooth. Thanks.